Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and I am all in on this free agent running back. Hey, this is Arif Hassan with the Wide Love Substack. We have not spent our time looking up who the free agent running backs are, but instead have looked up 18 different ways to crash Luke Braun's wedding. Hi, I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings. <laughs> Please get off of my wedding's website. <laughs> Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. I just stumbled upon Luke Braun's IMDB account, another website we have some questions about. Locked on Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. It's your home for Luke Braun's wedding website discussion, <laughs> IMDB website discussion, and some Minnesota Vikings talk as well. We're glad you've joined us on a brand new week, Super Bowl week, and you're watching here on Lockdown Sports Minnesota or perhaps listening on the Lockdown Vikings audio feed. Please subscribe to both. Get us on video. Get us on audio. Also on the SiriusXM feed. Uh, Amazon Fire, Roku, lots of ways to watch and listen. It's more than just football. It's the basketball party on Wednesdays, Ron Johnson's show on Tuesdays, and the roundtable with Carol Evans, Reggie Wilson, and Julia Daniels on Fridays. A lot to get to on today's uh, mostly Viking-centric show, but we are brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Lots to get to today. Um, we have gone over a different quarterback in the draft for like the last six shows. Today, we are going to hone in on where we are planting our flag for April's draft. This is a big decision because, of course, we can't change our minds once we dial in on one of these prospects. Running back, free agents. <laughs> I've got one I love. See if you guys love him, too. Arif Hassan with his Senior Bowl report um, and Super Bowl nerdy stats of that a but this is where we begin guys and we'll get to luke Braun's imdb don't you worry good but, excellent but we have we have covered the following six quarterbacks caleb williams drake may Jaden daniels bo nix michael Penix jr and jj mccarthy now that we've kind of covered the gamut varying opinions on all of them what do we want who do we want who do we want to pursue if we are Quasi Adolfo Mensa and the Minnesota Vikings? Let's go to Luke Inman. Kick us off. Which guy are you locked in on? <sighs> Boy, it, if I'm being totally honest, when you look at everything they got to address this year and where they're picking, and then you look at where these quarterbacks are being mocked right now, none of the options, right now anyways, today, make me feel that great about any of the options before it. And, and a lot's going to change from now to the draft. I've still got more games to watch on all these guys. You know, KOC and Quasey could start to fall in love with one guy over the next two months. We don't know. But as of right now, you know the big three are almost definitely going to go one, two, three. Giving up a King's Ransom to get up to three for Daniels or two for May, it, it just makes it so much harder to keep building your roster up through the draft the next few years. I just don't love it unless you're absolutely in love with a guy. Um, I like Panics a little bit more than I like Knicks. Maybe with all the medicals, there's there's a chance you could trade back up into round one, roll with him. I think, despite all the flaws that, that we've already gone over, I think KOC 
would love some of his tools. The fact that he's willing to be aggressive downfield, take some shots, give his guys a chance. That's something KOC can definitely work with. McCarthy, he's a huge wild card just because we don't know enough about him as a passer and what it's all going to look like in the NFL, only because he wasn't asked to do a lot of those things in that Michigan offense. But he's another guy maybe in round two or just, you know, knowing the premium teams pay for a quarterback, maybe you got to move up in round one as well. Um, and then maybe you sign a bridge like Tannehill or Flacco or someone. I'm just flinging out some names, but I'm not sold on any of the big three for the price that you're going to mm. have to pay. And I'm not sold on anyone else at 11 in that second tier. So even though, it's going to be super fluid the next 11 weeks. As of today, if you're asking me, I think my ideal scenario is you trade back from 11, pick up some extra ammo. You get a guy like Byron Murphy, Quinion Mitchell, Jared Verse, somebody like that. Now you've got some defensive help God, you can bank on. So hard. And, and then some ammo to move back up for Penix or JJ. That's my plan A. And and again, the, the biggest reason why is because it doesn't mortgage your future the next three years. You're not gambling on a move that history has shown to have at best 25 to 30, 33% hit rate when it comes to first round quarterbacks. So now you've got a chance if this guy doesn't pan out, you're not tied to the hip for the next four years, even if it doesn't work out again, like a Bryce Young in Carolina. Trade back. Then trade back up. Don't mortgage the future, though, and put all your eggs in that basket. Yeah, I, I like where you're coming from. And I'll jump in because now that Luke Inman has said it and I'm agreeing with him, it makes me sound smart. Michael Penix Jr. is my guy. Um, I know he's turning 24, and that bothers some people. I know he had a million injuries at Indiana, and that bothers some people. But he's been healthy for two years in a row with Washington. He's 24, which maybe in another draft, that age is like a bigger problem. but Almost all of these guys are 24. There's a couple that are, you know, three-year dudes, and then there's like six-year, six-year guys. Um, and he's not that different. And of the 24-year-olds, I love him. I'd rather gamble on the guy who is electrifying, who is fearless, who can move around a little, who you don't have to pay a king's ransom to trade up into the top three, four. And to be honest, I look back at his Indiana stuff. I kind of think he was the same guy. At Indiana, I think he was really good, but again, injuries and in a sport where supporting cast actually matters quite a bit in college football, he didn't have that. Um, but the way he makes back shoulder throws, tight window throws, deep throws, it's so easy to see him working really well with Justin Jefferson right out of the gate. So that's my guy, Michael Penix Jr., and as Luke alluded, there's different ways to go about it. You can trade back, then trade up. Um, I tend to think that that second tier is going to start creeping, creeping higher into the first round where you might not be able to trade back from 11. But um, I'm on the Michael Penix Jr. train. Luke Braun, your thoughts? <sighs> Sam, we almost had you back from the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> What it's just another nice old injured and inaccurate quarterback <laughs> that we can obsess over for two months. Uh, let's bring back Donovan, man. <laughs> Donovan, um, I'm ready for it. My so my, I think my guy in this one is gonna be Jaden Daniels. I think he's hey, the guy yeah. that I like the most. Uh, I he is to me the one that feels the most pro ready. The, the most Sunday-ish of the quarterbacks and the way that he he works his feet and the way that he um, has a, a certain polish and calmness 
that you don't see from even like Drake May and Caleb Williams, who are definitely going, uh, getting getting projected higher because of some of the schoolyard stuff that they do. But from the down to down, um, like handling the the more common and mundane tasks of being a quarterback, those guys have some flaws that I'm like genuinely pretty worried about. And like my thing about these guys going one, two, three, I don't think they're good enough to go one, two, three. Like, I don't think that's justified. That might happen because teams have to, but like, I don't know if that's like a good idea, <laughs> but so I, I would say my, my happiest situation is, is one where it's not one, two, three and Jaden Daniels falls to four or five. And those teams are willing to trade down and they trade down with the Vikings and the Vikings go up and get them. I, I still like that the most. I don't hate the idea of, all right, let's grab your know, chop Robinson or something insane. He probably won't be there at 11, but you know, let's, or Jared versus Luke said uh, something like that at 11. And then you trade up back into the bottom of the first round, or even wait until the second, you maybe try one of these other guys. I'm sort of halfway through doing JJ McCarthy. I, I like him more than I thought I was going to like him. Um, but I, I don't like Penix at all. I, I kind of feel like, um, I don't really get what, like, I, I, I kind of feel like Washington just threw up a whole, like that, that offense didn't run through him. It ran through Rome and a lot of guys can throw up some one-on-one -on -one jump balls. Uh, there were some really nice seeds in, in, in that, uh, tape, but in terms of like consistency, which accuracy is a consistency game, it's about, you know, the frequency of low lights, not the quality of highlights. And, uh, it, by those measures, Penix was arguably the worst of this bunch. So I, I really wouldn't like Ke Penix, but I could kind of see Kevin O'Connell liking Penix for the reasons Luke said, because mm -hmm. he likes somebody that's going to be able, that's just going to push it and be aggressive all the time, Shots. whether or not it's proper to be aggressive. Shots. He would share that, con that, that trait with Kevin O'Connell. So I, I could kind of, I could see him liking it, but I don't think I would. Yeah, he did have three great, I mean, three great wideouts, too, with Polk, McMillan, and obviously Rome probably go top 15 at the latest, if not even top Yeah, he's like, Just he to just, play devil's advocate there for yeah, a second. Go, go yeah, go let him make plays. And like, you have those guys, like, that's the correct move. Like, you, what, what are you, you don't need to do anything more. Like, that's great. Yeah, Good job. Right. You can go win 13 games, make to the championship. Uh, but there's just, there's too many misses. I, I think that's my big thing. It's just, he misses too many throws. Too many more than everybody else. You're talking about Penix? Yeah, um, I my so I would abstractly like Penix a lot. My problem is that when you take a look at all of the negatives from all of the quarterbacks and you try to figure out kind of what's fixable and what's not, I think Penix has fewer negatives than a lot of these quarterbacks, but they're just less fixable yeah. or they're much harder to fix. Right. Uh, you know, you can't fix injury history. It's really difficult to fix that kind of footwork and throwing motion. Um, just kind of wait, the way that that's organized. Uh, and so for me, even though Penix in theory has this really high ceiling, ceilings are about, you know, kind of the maximum that you can untap. And I just don't know what else is there to untap. And so to me, the the likelihood of negative plays is a big problem for me. I don't like J.J. McCarthy. Um, I ended up doing um, a big watch of McCarthy after seeing Roman Wilson go off at the Senior Bowl and being like, hey, man, no one's talked about this guy. I want to know why. You know, is he not getting open at Michigan? Is it just because he's going up against, you know, whoever at the Senior Bowl? And I watch it, and I like Roman Wilson a lot. I like A.J. Barner a lot. I like the other guy, uh, the other Michigan receiver who went off at the Shrine Bowl a lot. And I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, Look, even in college, passing is much more efficient than running the ball, and they would much, much rather run the ball. 
And to me, that that is significant. But also McCarthy is making dozens of small mistakes, dozens of small mm. mistakes that become big mistakes in the NFL, throwing to the wrong shoulder, throwing half a second late, um, ducking his eyes under pressure, relying too much on his athleticism. Um, I, I don't I don't like it. And, and then he throws himself into contact as a much uh, leaner guy. I don't want to say smaller. He's like six, three, six, four, but as a much leaner guy. That just kind of makes me worry. Like he's got better running vision than a lot of these guys. He's got better running vision than Jaden Daniels. But I just, it, he does like to throw himself into contact. But it worries me. I also like Jaden Daniels the most in terms of price to acquisition cost, mm-hmm. right? Like if the Vikings could just have Caleb Williams, I'd prefer that. But I think that in terms of the capacity for the Vikings to acquire a quarterback, I think Jaden Daniels to me is, is, is the best one. It's um, yeah. The footwork that Luke mentioned is a, is a component of that because Daniels, kind of knows what what he needs to be doing in order to get to his spot and get to his target. But also, I just think that his feel for where space is opening up, his ability to understand kind of what improvisation requires of him. Um, And maybe that's one issue that I have with McCarthy is that he might be an improviser, but he doesn't really understand what the improvisation is for, if that makes sense. Um, I I like that about Daniels, that that he seems to have a good sense of of how the field is developing, which is the thing that separates Patrick Mahomes from a lot of other quarterbacks, right, is this intense field awareness. This is not a Jaden Daniels-Patrick Mahomes comparison, but rather an argument that one high-level trait can get you a lot in the game. Uh, And I think that that um, is what is appealing to me. I really dislike Bo Nix. I dislike Bo Nix a lot after watching. I was going to say, is anybody going to bring up Bo Nix? Okay. After watching with the the Senior Bowl, be awful there. And mind you, being awful at the Senior Bowl is not like, you know, just positive or anything like that. Uh, Kyle Lalletta won MVP over Josh Allen at the Senior Bowl. Like these things happen. Christian Bonder won the MVP. Right. These things happen. (laughs) Come on. Right. Um, but you know, it did, it did, uh, ask me to like, w- I went back and I watched it. I'm like, Hey, Troy Franklin is kind of good, even though he doesn't really know how to get into, into space against zone coverage. What is Bo Nix doing? And it wasn't very, the offense just wasn't asking him to do very much. I really disliked what I saw. So, um, from there, I'm, I'm kind of left with like Jane Daniels in the first, maybe like trade down and stuff for, for a uh, trade down and then, and then trade up for, Michael Penix, but these second round quarterbacks have just become less interesting to me over time. Yeah. Can I, so here's the deal for the, the, the fan base and media apparatus of the Vikings has been so unbelievably insane about like, never be mediocre. You must be either a top five team in a Super Bowl contender or nothing. I don't think if, 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 if we've advocated for that this hard, I don't think we get to be like trade down and take Penix because that to me feels like a, a, a commitment to, Mediocre. being value pilled and, and just okay. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're going to like, Mac, if you're going to be like that average wins instead of trying to figure out the best way to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like we've crossed a line at some point where we're not allowed to, to, to go there anymore. Like if, if that's not, that only, to me is not a Super Bowl winning. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Only if you're one of the complainers. If you, if you haven't been complaining about that approach, you're clean. You're free. Yeah, so so you're- I'm good, but I don't like him. <laughs> so. So your belief is, is that to show commitment, you've got to give up assets. You've got to you've got to take get a guy a you love instead of, of a guy you're yeah, yeah, okay, you, you can talk yourself that. into. What shows you, you it, care enough. Is that what you're saying? I, okay, I I think it's crazy that people are concerned about giving up assets. Like I don't <laughs> yeah. care. Yeah, I don't care. It's a for quarterback. quarterback. It's the rules <laughs> yeah. are different. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you you, you can't. There is no wrong way to hit on a quarterback. 
Yeah, There's no price that was like, oh, that's this quarterback's so great. We just paid too much. Like, nah, man, if, if you paid three first round picks and that dude hits, you are not going to care. Yeah. I mean, like people will talk about like, oh, they didn't surround Justin Fields with talent. First of all, Justin Fields was picked at like ninth overall. It's not like they sacrificed like heaven and earth to grab him. Like, yeah, they're out of first. But yeah, um, an extra first. That was it. That's pretty yeah. Good. But, uh, but you know, they had the picks. They just didn't hit. Yeah. The other part is that you have to hit. Also, Justin Fields is not good. He's not good. Yeah. Like, they, they didn't surround Joe Burrow with talent until they did. Speaking of quarterbacks getting the boot after their third year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't. I don't know. Josh I think Burrow had too many good Josh receivers. Josh Allen entered the least talented NFL team I have ever seen in my life. It is working out <laughs> fine. <laughs> like, it's fine. I don't care. But you just said you watched Michigan. <laughs> Arif, I know you don't like JJ. One of the things that a lot of people are going to start to drum up here as these next two months go by is that, well, he's the youngest, though. He's only, he just turned 21, yeah, whereas a yeah. lot of these guys are all at Jaden's 23. Penix is going to be 24. Nick's going to be 24. You're getting, you getting three extra years here. And yeah, it's not perfect. But so, I'm just curious if that's enough for you to say and maybe justify a few of those faults along the way. I, I think that's a pretty fair argument. I think there's like two things here, right? I think one is that age is not a knockout con, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a threshold modifier. So the older you are, the better I need to see you play for me to be comfortable. Jaden Daniels, to me, crosses that bar. Bo Nix absolutely does not. Michael Penix is kind of closer to not doing that. Um, again, you know, he has a lot of stuff that, that is just hard to fix, right? Uh, McCarthy, I think that there's a pretty good argument given how relatively young he is that you could say that, right? Like Joe Burrow needed to be polished when he came out because of how old he was, and he was. That's great. Um, I I just don't see it, if that makes sense, right? Like just in terms of how quick his eyes are, how he responds to pressure. To me, I feel like these are things that typically, that's not always true, but typically don't materialize as you develop with age. But yeah, I think that's a pretty good argument. I want to get to um, another very important position, running back and free agent targets within that. I also want to hear if Arif Hassan found any more future Vikings at the Senior Bowl and our new series, Resign or Let Them Walk. We focus on Dalton Reisner today. That's all coming up on the Minnesota Football Party. Today's show brought to you by DoorDash, and if there's any week of the year where you need to be locked in on DoorDash, Super Bowl week, um, you want to have your party, all the fixings. Uh, Maybe you don't want to do all the cooking, though. You want to outsource that to a restaurant. You want to order from DoorDash and get your favorite apps, um, desserts, entrees, drinks straight to your door. Uh, That's why DoorDash is so great, so convenient so fast that you can have everything ready by kickoff on Super Bowl Sunday. And the deal right now, 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app, enter code LOCKED23. Once more, 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app, enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Have the best Super Bowl party possible get food get groceries apps desserts drinks to your door with doordash again one more time 50 percent off up to a ten dollar value spend 15 dollars or more on your first order download the doordash app enter code lock 23 
We're also presented today by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is what keeps your ride or die alive. And eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and plenty more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. Over 122 million parts for your number one number one ride. You'll find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. You're burning rubber, not cash with eBay Motors. All the parts you need, the prices you want, easy to turn your car into the MVP. Keep that car rolling with ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. All right, we last talked to Arif Hassan on Thursday. Arif, how long were you at the Senior Bowl? Uh, I did not attend the game. I flew out right before then. I was able to watch a little bit of the game. Uh, also, a bunch of players that did well in practice didn't play in the game, so I feel justified oh. in my approach there. Um, so, so there's holdouts now from the Senior Bowl game as well. Yeah, that's not like you, you, you're you acting as if that's new. That's not really that new, honestly. National team um, needs to shell out. This is... Yeah, right, yeah it's cheap. <laughs> Um, in fact, the defensive line holdouts did get bad enough that Brendan Fisk had to switch from, I believe it was national to American or vice versa. Huh. Been, Funny. Like, practicing with one side all week. And then, uh, right, right before the game, um, he switched to the other side did really well, by the way, when he switched it was pretty fantastic. Um, yeah. mind you, he'd been going up against those offensive linemen in practice. So I guess maybe it's a little bit different, but, um, no, I mean, I, I very much enjoyed, uh, the experience. I very much, uh, came away with much the same takes that I put, together for you uh here on thursday Mm -hmm. um not a ton has changed i talked to a couple of people about you know some of the guys i didn't like and see if you know maybe you know and they liked them and see if maybe we could come to kind of an agreement on on why that was but i i did not change my mind maybe i'm stubborn um but like you know players like brendan rice a lot of people have come out saying that they liked him a lot at the senior bowl and i really thought that he did a very very poor job at the senior bowl in a lot of respects. And I can detail why, but like also Jordan Morgan offensive tackle, that's been getting kind of first round ish buzz. You know, you take a look at some big boards, he ranks around like 35. He sneaks into some mocks and stuff like that uh, in the first round. Um, I thought that he did poorly. Some other people think, uh, think that he did well. And I, I just find that kind of fascinating because there are players that we universally agree did well, like lad McConkey, Ricky Persall, Roman Wilson at receiver. Everybody seems to agree that those, those those players did well. And then there are players that like mostly did well, and everyone kind of agrees. Like Carter Bradley, the quarterback from South Alabama, did really good job, right? Most people seem to agree that he did fairly well. And then there are people that people just uh, completely disagree on, like the two that I just mentioned, right? Um, I, I, I find it, I, I just find it like that kind of evaluation and practice watching kind of interesting, and I wonder. You know, did we watch the same reps? Did we watch the same amount of reps? I went back and watched some of the the reps on on uh, on film, and I, you know, did they and did that produce a different result? I don't know, but that's just kind of one of the takeaways. Is like, hey man, we could look at the same thing. We could see one receiver being super physical at the catch point, and one guy like me saying, hey, he didn't need to be physical. He should have gotten separation. And another guy saying, hey, he climbed up and he got the ball. That's great. We need that. Like, I I, I don't know. I think that's a more interesting takeaway than which players did well. Uh, Leggett and Des Walker from North Carolina disappointed me a little bit, to be honest. Also I, I, controversial. 
Yeah, I was uh, well. That's what I was going to ask you. I, I know they both had a lot of hype going in as these bigger bodied physical specimens between the weigh in and how they looked on the field. For me, neither lived up to the hype, but I'm curious about what you saw from either of those guys or what you heard from, you know, a lot of your peers while you were there as well. I almost universally did not like Tez Walker's uh, senior bowl. I, I mm -hmm. thought they did a very poor job when he was up against physical coverage. He got pushed around. Um, his speed was very evident, but it wasn't useful, right? Like he did not find a way to continuously get open deep downfield. Um, and he has a lot of, I think, stiffness. Uh, like he doesn't get in and out of breaks on, on lateral breaks very often. I think that he does a pretty poor job on curl routes, which is like if you're a go route guy, your changeup is typically a curl route or a comeback or something along those lines. Like that is kind of that receiver prototype. That's what DK Metcalf does like really well, right? Um, I I didn't see that from Tez Walker, his ability to, to dial down and win those curls uh, very often. Um, when he was up against, you know, man coverage in particular, I thought that he got pushed around. So I didn't really like it all three days. He did have some big plays, which is nice, but I think that in one-on-ones, you kind of have to dial down what the, what your threshold for an impressive number of big plays is, right? Um, Xavier Leggett, uh, I thought his first day was quite bad. I thought his second day had some really good stuff. And depending on kind of what mm -hmm. you take a look at, yeah. um, you can kind of change your mind on that. Overall, for me, I thought he didn't do very well. Um, but I, that one is one where I'm a lot more like, I see where you're coming from, right? With Brendan Rice, I didn't really see where people were sure. coming from. With Xavier Leggett, yeah. I saw where people were coming from when they were like, hey, you know, I really like what I saw. Because that second day was actually quite good in a lot of respects. I think yeah, he total, bounced back at some point. Like. But yeah. 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 Um, Which day two guy is your like, go get your guy for the receivers? Like you mentioned Ricky Persall, McConkey, Javon Baker from UCF, Luke McCaffrey, Roman well, Wilson balled out. If you had to I pick totally one, like who's going to be the, the tank Dell as far as improving their stock at the senior bowl mm -hmm. and then having a good rookie season, which obviously a lot depends on where they go yeah, with their yeah. quarterback and all that. But like, which one do you feel the best about? Because there's a lot of these day two wide receivers now. I, I think in terms of, and this might be the guy I feel best about and the guy that pushed his stock up the most might mm -hmm. be Roman Wilson. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, McConkie did well, but he was already getting high round two, maybe even late round one talk. Mm -hmm. uh, Persall was getting kind of round two talk. Roman Wilson, I looked at big boards around the league. Roman Wilson was not in almost anybody's top 50. And part of it was because they didn't throw the ball at Michigan, right? And so he didn't get a ton of targets. And so... Uh, they're just like, they're like games where they run the ball like 10 times in a row. And it's like, well, what's Roman Wilson doing? Almost mm -hmm. nothing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. AJ Barner's got some blocking reps going in, but Roman Wilson is just hanging out in no man's land, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> or, or, or a lot of the offense, you know, will include like some RPO elements and you're like, I, I don't really know. I'm going to give the receiver that much credit on that one, that kind of thing. Um, and so when they ask him to just run an NFL offense with NFL routes at an NFL frequency, he got insane separation incredible separation and stuff that like I like when you watch like a Justin Jefferson or Stephon Diggs or an Adam Thielen, they do like subtle things that allow them to get open, right? Like for example, on an in-breaking route, they'll not just push up field, but they'll lean out and physically mm -hmm. push up against the defensive back and then explode out of that route without extending their arm to draw offensive pass interference, right? Like Brendan Rice, for example, when he explodes out and he gets separation, a lot of times he's pushing everything. Like the whole arm is out. He's pushing mid-route. And that's going to get you an OPI flag. But Roman Wilson is chicken-winging it. And, and he gets enormous separation. And then he can continue accelerating through the catch. And he was really natural at the catch point. And if he's a guy that's consistently outside of the top 50, 
and he's playing like the best receiver at the senior bowl. Um, I think that he pushes himself into round two territory. I don't think that he's going to be a round one guy. I think that uh, a lot of evaluators will feel that he's too small, mm-hmm. um, you know, 187 pounds or something along those lines. Um, but I do think that he has the ability, like you mentioned, Tank Dell has the ability to play on the outside because of how good his releases are in his ability to avoid contact in those situations. You still want a bigger guy to, to sure. be your X, but I think that he could play as a flanker or a slot and occasionally as an X if you're clever about it. Yeah, going into the week, you're totally right. I mean, guys like that we just talked about, Tez Walker, Leggett, all those guys were higher than Roman Wilson on on the large majority of big boards and rankings and mock drafts for sure. So, yeah, it sounded like he killed it last week. Is Leggett just like the next Hakeem Butler, just like a big, big body? So, who's someone, someone not brought that big. Name, Wasn't he 6'1"? 6'1 and a half? Yeah, yeah. So, so, well, he, like so one of the things about Leggett going in is that he was supposed to be 6'3". He was listed at 6'3". A lot of people were like, oh, my God, a 6'3 receiver that moves like that. That's really great. Measures in at 6'1". And with, like, tiny, tiny hands. Mm. Um, And so that was, like, part of it. But he does not play like Hakeem Butler. Um, That actually is probably more like Brendan Rice. Not to, like, dump on a guy the whole time. But, like... <laughs> If we're talking about like the most physical get up and get the ball, doesn't get a ton of separation guy, that's probably Rice. Leggett is not bad. He's he's fast. Um, he's got some agility. I think that he's got much more movement capability than Tez Walker. Tez Walker in a straight line, faster. Leggett's overall movement package better, I think, um, based off of what I saw. And he's got like a lot more agility. So I wouldn't describe him like a Hakeem Butler just because he can move a little bit better. I'm actually struggling for a comp on this one because he is pretty physical at the catch point. Um, but he does have a lot more agility than a bunch of um, guys who seem like they're playing like big body receivers. Um, I, I might have to get back to you on that one just because his catch rate makes it really difficult to find a good comp. His playing style makes it difficult to find a good comp because he's got the movement skills of a guy that you think would be like a route runner type, like a Ricky Persall type. But the play style is somebody who's like a DeAndre Hopkins type. And it's like, I hope you get a good receiver coach right. in the NFL, like, right. because you're going to have to play to your strengths. Just what, hearing what, that. I haven't watched it. Cortland Sutton. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, oh my God. Just hearing like that, that description. That sounds like uh, Cortland Sutton catches a lot better than this dude, but I like that a okay. lot. Yeah, I could see that. How about the like Devondre other... Sweat? You know, too high for a nose. At at what are we? I, I think it's too, I, well. No, I think Devondre Sweat is is probably going to go somewhere in the second round. And to me, that's a little bit high for a nose. He's fun. He's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that uh, as a pass rusher, he's interesting, right? Because he's winning a lot as a pass rusher. But when I take a look at nose tackles that win as pass rushers, like mid career Linval Joseph or um, Dexter Lawrence, right? Um, I'm taking a look at. They have like, or Kenny Clark is maybe even the best example. They've got like a lot of agility and they, they've got two or three pass rush moves. Not a ton, right? Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, like Aaron Donald or anything like that. They don't have a ton of moves, but they've got like a bull and they've got a swim and they've got a bull jerk and, and they can counter off of that. And Kenny Clark has a spin move, which is very frustrating, right? But they've got a fair amount of agility for their size. Devondre Sweat has a fair amount of agility for his size, and he doesn't use it as a pass rusher. As a pass rusher, he was only bull rushing people. Now, mind you, it was working, so, you know, I can't be, like, upset about it, but I would have liked to have seen more, right? I would have liked to have seen a successful sp- a swim move. I would have yeah. liked to have Just seen... Just show me you got another trick in the bag. Just show Right, me. yeah, and, and it's like, look, man, there's a lot of small centers in the league now. You know, blame McVay or whoever you want mm-hmm. for that. And your ability to kind of forklift them is fun, 
But that's not like what's going to happen in the NFL. Some giant guard is going to help that tiny center out. And you're going to have to deal with that. So I, I don't know about Tavondre Sweat. but Tavondre uh, Sweat caught a touchdown last year. That rules. I love him. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> I just don't know. He's kinda... 300. What do you weigh in at? Because he's 362 he did, on PFF. He did not weigh in. He did not weigh in. He refused to weigh he in. He didn't want to do I, okay, it. So what does that tell you? You, you want to hear number? some source reporting from Arif Hassan? Yes. Um, my, according to <laughs> my sources, uh, Tavondre Sweat, uh, is definitely over 360 pounds and is likely the last time he weighed in at his training facility 378 pounds. Wow. <laughs> at, oh, at, and again, at what six four though? Six four? Yeah. Not to try to justify it, but like six yeah. one, three seven is a lot different than six four. Yeah, six yeah, six four, yeah. Um, but yeah, it there's that's <laughs> that's about the size of it i'm sure by the time the combine rolls around he'll be below 360 that's going to be wow. kind of an imperative for him the, the more to get to including my favorite free agent vikings running back target next on the minnesota football party which is brought to you by FanDuel today and this is the big week this is uh super bowl week this is america's number one sports book offering you dozens nay hundreds of ways to wager on the super bowl you got to have the best seat on the couch, the best food, DoorDash, and you've got America's number one sportsbook app in the FanDuel sportsbook app. So there's a lot to like about Super Bowl Sunday. FanDuel, uh, FanDuel can be a big part of it, and there's so many ways to wager. I'm looking at just just this is just one tab of uh, of bets. Team to record the most sacks, alternate total sack total, um, fumble lost in the first half, fumble lost in the second half, tackles and assists. Uh, competition between Traverius Ward and Trent McDuffie. Like, this is how specific and detailed the betting options are at FanDuel. So join the fun. New customers join today. Get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So take care of that before Sunday. Find a juicy money line. Win that bet. Get $200 in bonus bets. And you can sprinkle that around on the Super Bowl and have a great time. FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make the Super Bowl and every moment in the Super Bowl more with FanDuel, an official sports book partner of the NFL. We are all in agreement. The Vikings running game struggled last year. The Vikings probably need to upgrade at that position. And I've got the exact man who is going to provide that upgrade. His initials are AE. He comes from the Los Angeles Chargers. His name is Austin Eckler. Mm. And kind of washed. See, this is where this is exactly the response I was hoping you would have. Exactly. I'm I'm genuinely asking. I didn't watch it. I I know. This is this is the consensus opinion. Austin Eckler had a down-ish year, 3.5 yards per carry, but he was part of an awful, awful running game. Uh, Joshua Kelly was terrible. Isaiah Spiller was terrible. Their running or their run blocking grade on PFF was the league's worst. And yet, Austin Eckler's rushing success rate was still better, like at 47%, was still better than two of his previous alleged good seasons. So while the raw seasons. the raw numbers, the raw numbers don't reflect a great season for Eckler and it wasn't. But I think that he was in a terrible scheme Nobody could run the ball. 
and he still is an elite threat in the passing game. The cost looks like, estimated by PFF, about two years, $6.75 million per year. He's only 28. I am all in on a bounce-back Austin Eckler campaign. Sam, because I have a, I have a what, do you, what do you think it cost? Per, per PFF, two years, 6.75 per year. Why are you trusting PFF run blocking grades, but not Austin Eckler's PFF grade? He ranks 57th of 61 running backs. I had to so, do. So, okay, so Sam's wrong. Part. Sam doesn't know what he's talking about. Give me another option. <laughs> uh, running backs are bad. I don't like those options. Um, no, I, <laughs> no, I mean, there's like a couple, um, you know, I, I think in terms of low cost options, I think uh, Saivon Ahmed from the Dolphins would be kind of fun. I don't know that he has like a ton of, a ton of vision, but I think that, you know, he does make up for the lack of vision with speed, which is kind of unlike Kenny Wanwu, whose vision is so catastrophic that he cannot make up for it with his speed. Um, so I like there's, you know, it's a, it's a sliding scale. It's there. exactly the Cordero Patterson problem. Vision <laughs> is so much easier when you get like 30 yards to figure it yeah, out. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, there's just, there's a bunch of interesting names here. I mean, there's Amir Abdullah, there's uh, Jarek McKinnon. Uh, there's uh, Dalvin Cook. Have you heard any of these guys? This is crazy. Uh, I think Latavius Murray is available. <laughs> Jarek McKinnon coming back would rock so hard. Dude, Actually, man. it would. Jer- it would. McKinnon Actually, no, I'm, Jet, I'm, I'm floored. He's like 32. I don't care. Um, He'll cost nothing. Like, whatever. <laughs> I, all, I feel like all these running backs, except for like specifically Saquon Barkley, will cost like nothing. Like, I, the market is just Do you completely think Josh crazy. Jacobs will cost nothing? How about Derek? It feels Henry? like buying stock in 1931. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay, analysis. well, okay. Uh, just in terms of like potential value, I think Devin Singletary would be interesting. I, I like Singletary for the value market. Yeah, yeah. So he's not going to be two and a half million dollars again, but I think that he's he's a good back that you know is relatively young. Again, there's no like young second contract running back. Let's be clear, but relatively speaking, among third contract running backs Devin Singletary at 27 I think would be pretty good um but I mean this is like this is a tough group right you've got a lot of guys that are fast that don't have vision people like DeAndre Swift Matt Breida Saifan Ahmed um and then you've got people that are like hey you avoid negative plays Austin Eckler avoids negative plays he just doesn't get you anything for it but that was true of Alexander Madison that was like the deal right that's what we were sold (laughs) there you have that (laughs) (laughs) right so like okay uh, maybe Damien Harris. I, I, I don't know. He's a big back with balance. I, I always tend to fall in love with those. So guys. nobody's really moving the needle that much for these you. are you the names. For these are the least inspiring but, suggestions I've ever heard. But would I'm you just, rather? Yeah, it's just a running throw back. A, what do you want? Yeah, would you rather just throw a dart up on day three, <laughs> or would you rather go? You know, I need a serious guy there. I like. I'm fine with a fourth round running back. I'm fine with two. Yeah, I was gonna, even later. I mean, yeah, yeah it could be that. So okay, well, well but year. okay, but Arif, that's it. We, Eleven we million for Saquon. Let's get this. real. Let's go. Kind of, Luke, you're joking. I'm kind of on I'm both kind ends of the spectrum. I think Devin Singletary. I think excited about Devin Singletary. This is yeah, this I mean, is the most electrifying player you can get for eleven million dollars, like for sure. Yeah. Oh, this is just you just want a fun guy. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm on either end of the spectrum. I'm not in the middle where all right, let's try to nickel and dime for a J.K. Dobbins or or you know again, I like Singletary. Bang for the buck, we'll see a little bit more spending. How much do you think Tony Pollard will go for now that he can't be a primary back and that's been confirmed? That's a that's a very I don't. These guys are not going to get a lot of money, man. That actually that actually might be none of them are. 
Nobody's going to show that could a lot be a of money really for good any deal. Of these what what yeah. is the Spielberger number? I just copy off of Spielberger because I suck at at projecting contracts. On yeah, who? Let's, on let's who? Pollard. Just Tony Pollard. Pollard, yeah, Pollard. Three years, eight million per year. That's a lot. I don't uh, think we'll get that. Is it? Eight million it's, it's per like year. Josh Oliver money. <laughs> that is Josh Oliver. Money. Yeah, but you got to wait it for oh position, God. positional Oliver value. Josh Oliver's not even a starter. The tight end too, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I don't. Um, I, I, I think we have waited that for position, dude. If I'm spending, <laughs> if I'm spending eight on Pollard, just go get Barkley. What? Like this, like how cheap do these guys need to get before we before they right. become like value, or it's or like can Paul. we just not pay them a cent? Right. They must I, be I on just a rookie named deal. Off a bunch of people that I thought you might have to pay a fair amount, and I think would be bad. I still think Devin Singletary is great value. Tony Pollard at like eight is like pushing it, but that's fine. I'm fine. He, I don't, also, I don't well, also, what was the deal with him last year, though? Josh Jacobs' number. Was, He's was kind Pollard of getting into the bell, it kind of felt like. Like, it just, as yeah. as, as a change of pace back, it, it was very electrifying, and it was very cool when it was like mm-hmm. him and, you know, being the, the lightning to Zeke's thunder. Yeah. And then when he had, when you got to be the guy getting 25 Wasn't carries, it? it's a different ballgame. Like, it's, it's attrition, yeah. you know, more than it is being able to come in fresh yeah, and well, run against a whole bunch of guys that are tired. Chandler, isn't he? Like, you know, it's fine. Say again. He's going to be splitting with Ty Chandler, isn't he? It's fine. Thunder and lightning, baby. <laughs> lightning and lightning. Lightning and lightning. Lightning and lightning. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay, so again, I'm still hung up on Eckler. I'm, that's just the hill I'm going to die on, I guess. And it seems like I am dying. I'm not thriving. Um, <laughs> the, the Vikings run blocking scheme in their own right, which Eckler could not overcome a bad one in uh, in L.A. It's not good. And one of the pieces of that was Dalton Reisner, who was a free agent, who was exactly as we thought. He's good at pass blocking, not as good at run blocking. In today's four-minute drill, we will either advocate to keep him or let him walk. Let's do it. Start the clock. It's time to execute the four-minute drill. Dalton Reisner, I think he's 28. Uh, he's a free agent. We're going to go through some of these notable free agents in the coming shows. Let's start with uh, Luke Braun. Let him walk or oh, wait, with the game. Keep him, or let, <laughs> Keep him, him or let him walk. Is that not very catchy? We're nailing uh, it. FMK? Uh, well. <laughs> All Dalton Reisner. <laughs> the run blocking Dalton Reisner, the pass blocking Dalton yeah. Reisner. In the locker room. The locker yeah, the room locker room. room. Dalton Reisner. Well, I know which one's the biggest party. Uh, I I'm good with Reisner. I, I think continuity on O line is pretty valuable. I think the 2023 season was like major proof positive of that because they returned a very suspect group that like way way outperformed their 2022 uh, resume, and then they broke that up in the middle of the season and had a bunch of communication issues between the left guard and the center. I would hope by year two that would be a little better, um, but that created a lot of run blocking a lot of issues with combo blocks there and a few issues in pass pro and stuff but they were pretty good in pass pro on the whole um i'm perfectly happy with dalton reisner coming back for another year uh looking at other free agents i don't know there's not a lot of names that i like recognize which is probably more of a me problem than it is a problem with like these people uh but i yeah i i, I think continuity is cool i'm good with it I, but i like you need someone at left guard so if it's not reisner it's going to be someone else 
and I I feel not that passionate about it. On if it's not going to be a riser, it's going to be someone else. It's fucking stunning commentary. I think they might go with Sands left guard. They might just just well, like I feel like one. they're not they're, they're not going to draft somebody. I guess is what I like. I feel like it has to be a free yeah. agent, right? Oh, maybe this is an incredible line draft. Blake Brandle could be the the one backfill option that you have. He seems to be like versatile enough that and trustworthy enough that they would consider him. Maybe not um, given to him. Maybe in more of a competition. But well, uh, how much Reece, do you think Reisner's gonna gonna cost? Just curious. Does anybody have the Spielberg great, numbers that's a great on that? Question. Because you're right, Sam. I mean, I I would be happy. I, I would love for him to come back, but, but, you know, there's a big difference between paying a left guard three or four or m- m- even 5 million versus like eight or 9 million. So I'm just curious. I have no idea. The ball uh, PFF projects 8 million a year, three year contract. Millie. Would Whoa. you rather Pollard or Reisner? What do you say? Boy. Oh, man. Uh, Reisner easily, yeah. but uh, <laughs> a little bit more um, spendy than I thought though. I'm not, I mean, uh, these guys cost more than running backs do. That's just what happens. Um, I, uh, I, wasn't overwhelmed by Reisner, I think, but I think that Luke's right that there's a level of continuity that you have to account for uh, showing up midway through the season and performing like that in a scheme that you're unfamiliar with um, is somewhat actually impressive. I mean, he didn't play like well, but he also wasn't a catastrophe, which I think is nice. Um, I'd argue that he's a pretty poor fit for what the Vikings do based off of his um, athletic ability, what they asked him to do when he was blocking, how he executed on those blocks and stuff like that. And so if they moved on from him, I would totally understand, and that's fine from a fit perspective. But from a pure talent perspective, he's fine. He is actually worth like $8 million a year. If they brought him back at that number, I wouldn't bat an eye. I expect them to move on, though, just because of the scheme fit concerns. I think that that's fair, too. I think that his... Um, Issues as a pulling guard, his issues as a second-level blocker um, really restricted what the Vikings could do as a run-blocking unit. Now, on balance, they were a very good run-blocking unit, but you want to maximize. And I think that they'll probably attempt to find a way to get a more athletic guy in there. And I do think the draft is an option. If you draft a corner around one, uh, you could draft um, one of these Dane Brugger's most recent mock draft has 11 offensive linemen go in the first round. Dude, if that doesn't happen, that. you're going to have a first round quality guy in the second. I was right? going to ask you about that because if, if Vikings truly go BPA, which, you know, some teams say they do, but they actually don't, no, you know, no, BPA no. for the positions we need there, there's a great chance in the first two picks, right? The first two rounds, there is, you know, if you're going BPA, a, a great offensive lineman staring them in the face, are they really going to go BPA and, 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 you know, draft one that in the first round would be wild. That would be very funny. Insane. Um, but yeah, an option, right? If they, they just sitting there, well, if they, they went pure with... BPA, it's kind of the result of, of, of that kind of approach, which yeah, it'd be like taking a wide receiver over Will Levis. <sighs> uh, yeah, sure, dude. Uh, I think I think Will Levis's second round valuation already included the fact that he was a quarterback, so I'm just gonna leave that one right there. But <laughs> I'm gonna be honest; I'm not thinking that hard at all. I'm just saying stuff mostly to annoy you. Uh, succeeded, succeeded from it. the get go. 
I yeah, think that uh, if you pick near the top of the you can grab one of these uh, offensive linemen that you could play at guard because a yeah. lot of these tackles that people like are like 300 plus pounds, right? Right. Uh, and so right. you're probably not going to get a Tyler Gettin or JC Latham to fall, but you could get like a Fuaga or, yeah. um, you know, any like the BYU tackle could fall, right? Like a lot of these guys could fall and a lot of the, a lot of these guys are projected to play guard as well. Um, yeah, and Graham Barton yeah. from Duke. A lot of people like his versatility. Yeah. So I, there's I, I a think lot of them. that's all on the table. Do we have a beat on uh, whether Ezra Cleveland was just like a, an eight game rental for the Jaguars? Are they going to sign him back or can the, we their just like super pull off the here? I don't know how he looked those eight games, but their O-line is not good at all. I know they're trying to give Trevor Lawrence a little bit more help. So I, I would guess they would bring him back, even if he wasn't a pro bowler, you know, even if it wasn't stellar. They just need bodies over there. But uh, uh, I have also, no idea what he looked I, like. I don't know if this is, is meaningful, but he the PFF projection for his contract is a million and a half more per year than Reisner's. So mm -hmm. I don't know if that feels fair. Yeah, I think he was about he, that uh, much better. Also did played he also played very poorly for Jacksonville played much better for the Vikings. Mm. Again, you show midway through the sea. I feel like that's that's the reason yeah. I'm not really out on Reisner is because Reisner's transition midway through the like give him a camp, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. significantly better than than Cleveland's. Uh we're over time and we'll no get super, super Bowl nerdy stats to Thursday. We'll also come up with our Super Bowl bets. Luke Inman has won a bet on our dime for the Super Bowl. We'll figure that out and uh, maybe figure out a lucrative group bet that we can uh, all get rich on. I think we got to have at least one. Bet. We need at least one parlay. <laughs> like a plus 20,000 I, I want one that has a potential win of $500,000. Like that <laughs> That has we need to, to be pick a score. Different. We need a score, but it needs to be like 34 to six, 46 or something like, like that. Like a yeah, score like exact box. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. we should pick a scoregami. Okay, let's do it. Let's figure it out for Thursday. All let's right. Coming up. Five, yeah, our we will craft a uh, a get rich quick bet um that I will place in Iowa on FanDuel. That's coming up on Thursday on the Minnesota Football Party. Watch us on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Listen to us, the Lockdown Vikings audio feed. For Luke, Luke, Arif, I'm Sam. Thanks for watching. See you in a few days.